Welcome, my name is Pastor Scotty Bockhaus, and we thank you for taking some time to listen to some audio recordings from the pulpit of the Riverview Baptist Church. Our desire is to show the Lord high, holy, and lifted up, as well as try to be a blessing to those through the Word of God. Please enjoy this message, and we pray that it will be a blessing to your life. to take your copy of the Word of God and turn with me to the New Testament book of Philippians. The New Testament book of Philippians and chapter number one. The book of Philippians and chapter number one. We're still in the beginning stages of this short book of the book of Philippians and seeing this book of joy and understanding that joy comes from knowing Jesus Christ, that the joy of the Lord is our strength. And as the Apostle Paul is writing, remember the context of this, this is considered one of his prison epistles, meaning that he is writing this letter to the church of Philippi while he is yet in prison. And again, to be able to have a book that is said the book of joy, and a book that speaks a lot about joy and rejoicing, and yet be in prison speaking about joy and rejoicing teaches us something about circumstances within our own lives. As we now come to the book of Philippians chapter number 1, we now pick it up starting at verse number 12. The book of Philippians chapter 1 and verse number 12. But I would ye understand, brethren, that the things which happened unto me have fallen out rather under the furtherance of the gospel, so that my bounds, <laughs> bonds in Christ are manifest in all the palace and in all other places. And many of the brethren in the Lord, waxing confident in my bonds, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. Some indeed preach Christ, even of envy and of strife, and some also of goodwill. The one preach Christ of contention, not sincerely, supposing to add affliction to my bonds, but the other of love, knowing that I am set for the defense of the gospel. What then? Notwithstanding every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is preached, and I therein do rejoice, yea, and will Rejoice. And if you're in the habit of marking things in your Bible, would you mark a phrase that we find in the book of Philippians in chapter number 1? The book of Philippians chapter 1, and notice with me in verse number 12, the saying, the furtherance of the gospel. The furtherance of the gospel. And with the Lord's help, we want to understand from the context, what is meant by this, that God has done all of these things for the furtherance of the gospel. Let's go to the Lord together and let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you again for you being a wonderful God. And as we approach this wonderful portion of scripture, that it would open up in a just an amazing way, more vivid, more bold than we could have even thought. And that it would help us understand your moving and your working and understanding that the things that you do in our life is set for the furtherance of the gospel. I'm asking that you would just help us now. Fill me with your precious spirit for the purpose that your word can go forth the way that you desire it to go. And we love you in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, if you wouldn't mind, as we take this here and we see this phrase under the furtherance of the gospel, the first thing I'd like to bring to your attention here is the circumstances 
allowed the spread of the gospel. The circumstances allowed the spread of the gospel. So we see the context and see what's going on. That God has allowed these circumstances to occur to allow the spreading of the gospel to go even further. Now Paul had had a desire to preach to uh, the church at Rome. He had spoke about that inside of the church of Rome. He had spoke that he had a desire to go and preach to them. And after he went to the church of Rome, he had an idea to go to Spain where the gospel had never gone before. He wanted to go preach where the name of Christ was not named. Well, he did make it to Rome, but it wasn't the way he expected. He was expecting to have a fourth missionary journey where he made his way through Asia and made his way through Europe and came back. But instead, as he went back after his third missionary journey, he was arrested and was put in, in jail at Caesarea for two years. And then after that, they shipped him off to Rome and on his way to Rome, he was shipwrecked, had to spend a winter on an island. Now it was inside of Rome, arrested for another set of time, waiting for his accusers to show up. And now he's in prison. It's not what he had planned, but God never asked us what our ideas are. God has his own ideas of how getting things across. You know, there's something called God's unconscious preparation. And that has the idea that there are choices that we make in our life. And there are choices that God makes for us. I'm sure if you'd asked the Apostle Paul three years earlier. Paul, do you want to be arrested and spend three, four years in jail? How does that sound? He would have said, is there a plan B? Is there something else? I, I think I could, my talents would be better use if I was not in jail. Would you agree? And he could do a survey. And, oh yes, Paul, Paul could get more done if he was not in jail. But God doesn't ask us. Because God knows best. He doesn't need a counselor and he doesn't need opinions. God knows what he's doing. So Paul was arrested. Spent time in Jerusalem, spent time in Caesarea, and now he's in jail in Rome. And God, and Paul knew he was God's doing. Notice with me in verse number 12. But I, Paul, would ye, the church of Philippi, should understand, brethren, that the things which happen unto me have fallen out rather under the furtherance of the gospel. Now again, he has a special re relationship with the church of Philippi. And he's encouraging them to say, listen, this is not an accident. It's not a mistake. Some people may try to say it's spiritual war, but it's not Satan's plan. It was God's plan to put me inside of prison. And this is done for the furtherance of the gospel. I don't understand, Paul. How can the gospel spread further with you in jail? How does that work? Because God knows what he's doing. You see, Paul could look past the circumstances and see the God of the circumstances. And he knew that God was in control and that God doesn't make a mistake. Now, Paul may not be able to go, but he could write. And so he writes this epistle of Philippians. He writes the epistle of Ephesians. He writes the epistle of excuse me, of Colossians. And he writes several personal letters during this time. And God is using him to encourage others writing while he's in prison. He's allowed, even though Paul can't go out and visit, God is allowing others to come and visit him. And every person that comes in 
He's witnessing too. And while he's in prison, Paul is more powerful and has more influence than any Caesar at this time. Because he's in the middle of God's will and people are getting saved and people are being used. The influence is spreading on. Notice in verse number 13. So that my bonds in Christ. Notice this. My bonds in Christ. He's looking at his jail cells and says, listen, my bonds in Christ are bigger than this. My bonds in Christ are manifest, made apparent in all of the palace and in other places. Now, the palace that he's speaking of is probably the headquarters of the Praetorian Guard, the elite soldiers for the Roman Empire. There was about 9,000 men that were stationed in this headquarters. And while Paul was in prison, he was at all times chained to one of these guards. Hi, how are you? My name's Paul. Can I tell you how I came to know Christ as my Savior? All 9,000 of them maybe took a turn. Hi, my name's Paul. I'm so glad that you're here with me. What do you mean you're so glad that you're... Yes, I get to tell you my story. And the guy can't run. He's chained to Paul. Paul's not stuck with him. That guy's stuck with Paul. And Paul witnesses to all of them. So much so that according to the book of Philippians chapter 4 and verse 22, that even members inside of Caesar's own household had heard and accepted the gospel because of Paul in jail with these guards. Can you imagine this? These were guards, Roman guards, who would have probably never heard the gospel any other way except to be chained to the Apostle Paul. Can you imagine such a thing? If you could forgive the personal illustration. But after September 11th, I was in the military and I know that some people are getting really young that September 11th is history to them, meaning the only time they experienced it was history books. But I happened to be in the military at the time. And right after the military, uh, September 11th, they had pulled me from my medical job to help augmentee security forces, meaning basically I was working with the police officers during the time. And during that time, we were stationed throughout the base, and usually in two-man teams, and we did 12-hour shifts, plus one hour of briefing beforehand and one hour of shift change, so it was 14 hours altogether on and off. And we would be stuck with each other all 12-plus hours. And we, after September 11th, we worked 11 days straight, then got our first day off, and then worked another 11 days working 14 hours. Can you imagine? That was a tough shift. Ah, oh, but I wasn't stuck with them. They were stuck with me. I couldn't go 14 hours without telling someone about Christ. And so, guess what? I happen to be a preacher. I'm over here at Western Hills Baptist Church, and I brought my Bible. Do you mind if I read it? Sure. Oh, you have some questions about the Bible. I would love to talk to you about the Word of God and begin to talk with them. And watched several of them come to know Christ as their Savior. I watched one of them who was saved but backslidden, just so backslidden. He uh, or really had never grown. And he started hanging out with me and he started asking, can I be put on a shift with him? And he would ask me questions about the Bible. And the next thing you know, he started going to church. And the next thing you know, I started discipling him. 
And he started growing. One day in discipleship, he came to me and said, I've got a problem. I've got a fiance and we've been living together for quite a while. And I know according to the Bible that I'm not supposed to be living with her. What should I do? Well, I'll go with you to talk with her if you want. He says, would you? And so I went to her and tried to witness to her and tried to explain that he was trying to live for the Lord. And so he wanted to have a testimony of purity that they wouldn't even be perceived anything wrong. And she yelled at him and said, what kind of cult are you joining? This is nonsense. Well, he did the right thing and separated and she got saved. And now uh, he's a deacon somewhere. Uh, she has a beautiful website speaking about Christ and what Christ has done for her. And she never forgot that time. That would have never have happened. She would have never gotten saved if it wasn't for September 11th. I even had a time after I did worked with the officers. I was driving on base, minding my business, working in the hospital, driving. And all of a sudden a police officer saw me, turned on his lights, turned around, pulled me over. And as he approached, he went to the passenger side, got inside of my truck, started crying and said, I saw you. And I knew that this was my last chance to get saved. That if I didn't accept Christ now, that I would, um, I would never do it. He says, would you please tell me how I could be saved again? And he bowed his head and cried and accepted Christ as his savior. All for the furtherance of the gospel. You understand that's exactly what Paul's going through right now. Is that people that would have never got witness to are getting saved. And they're being used. And they're telling people, I was just chained with this prisoner last night. And it was the greatest thing that happened to me. Because my sins are forgiven. Because of the furtherance. Of the gospel. Paul says. Don't fret about this. Don't worry about me. My bonds are in Christ. Christ said you go here. And I went here. And Jesus is getting his word across. Jesus is making this happen. And Paul's influence spread. And spread. And spread. Can you imagine the praise report. That the church of Philippi would get. To hear about all these people coming to know Christ as Savior. Why Paul is in prison. You'd almost think, well, he's in prison. The ministry's over. That's done with him. Paul says, I'm getting more people come to know Christ than ever before. This is great. This is wonderful. And all for the furtherance of the gospel. We see first of all here, this circumstances allowed the spread of the gospel. Something else we see here is that the circumstances made others bolder to preach the gospel. The circumstances made others bolder to preach the gospel. Notice with me in verse 14. And many of the brethren in the Lord waxing confident by my bonds are much more bold to speak the word without fear. So we know that enthusiasm breeds enthusiasm. And that zeal inspires zeal. Because of Paul's witness, even while he's in prison, others have been getting caught in. I mean, it's one thing to say, well, I have the freedom to tell people about Christ, but I don't know what they're going to say about me. But then you hear about Paul. I'm in prison and I'm witnessing to everyone. And I give you my personal guarantee, I'm going to continue to do so. Paul's in prison already in witnessing. Well, what's my excuse? 
Why don't I go tell people about Christ? And because of Paul's testimony, more people grew bolder. Well, if Paul can witness in jail, I can witness to my neighbors. If Paul could witness in jail, I could certainly go witness in the market. If Paul could witness in jail, I could certainly go approach my family and at least tell them about the Lord. And so more people who were not witnesses before had become witnesses because Paul was in jail. That the things that happened to Paul were done for the furtherance of the gospel. That not only is the ministry that God had provided for Paul expanding and reaching people that had never been reached before. But by that testimony of Paul still being bold to witness in jail encouraged others who were not currently witnessing to start witnessing and to continue to witness because of the things that Paul had done. If Paul could witness to so many while he was still in chains, those who were free surely ought to be able to work for the Lord. You know, some people are naturally timid around strangers and others are fine as long as it doesn't look like they get in trouble. But with Paul's witness, it allowed people to get some backbone to go witness to someone. Oh, what an encouragement it is to be able to say, well, if God could use Paul in jail, well, then I'm going to witness. And if God throws me in jail, then I'm going to expect to be like Paul. But it probably won't come to that. Most of us won't suffer like that. All we have to do is the worst we're going to have is someone slamming the door in our face. Maybe yell at us, look at us crossways. But if that's it, what is that? You know, the one reason why most people don't give the gospel out who know that they should, it's not because they're afraid people are going to reject Christ. It's that they're afraid that people are going to reject them. And we can't hold it personally. Our job is to get out of the way and introduce them to Christ. And what they do with Christ is their business. But it's not about us. It's about Christ. And that we can't allow us to be in the way. People are, <laughs> if they reject our message, it's not our message. It's Christ's message. That's the one they have to deal with. But again, hearing about Paul in jail and still being bold to witness and it hasn't slowed down. Encourage many more to be bold in their own witness. With this we see one more thing here. The circumstances allowed the gospel to be spread in unusual ways. The circumstances allowed the gospel to be spread in unusual ways. So here's the Apostle Paul. He's in prison and he can no longer visit churches. He can no longer knock doors. But God's still using him. But he is limited. But notice something strange begin to happen. Notice in verse 15. Some indeed preach Christ even of envy and strife. And some also of goodwill. The one preach Christ of contention, not sincerely, supposing to add affliction to my bonds. Now there was a good number of people who were spreading the gospel because of goodwill and because they wanted to help people and because they wanted to honor Christ. But there were a few who were jealous of Paul. Sure, Paul gets all the good things. Paul this and Paul that. Well, now that Paul's in prison, there are some people who hated Paul and was jealous of him. And they had strife and a factious rivalry. 
And so they said, listen, Paul's out of the way now. This is the time. Instead of people looking at Paul, they're going to look at me. And so I'm going to witness because Paul's not there. And they're going to listen to me. And Paul says, great. Wonderful. And someone says, listen, Paul's not here. I'm going to lead more people to Christ than Paul. Paul's like, woohoo, that's great news. Keep it up. But you don't understand. Paul, I'm going to see more people and they're going to listen to me. They're going to listen to the message that I have through Christ. Great. Wonderful. Absolutely. Woohoo, keep going. You see, these people weren't preaching a false gospel. They were still preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. They just didn't have pure motives out of it. Paul's like, I don't care. As long as the gospel's going out, God's word will do its own work. Let it go. Have, have at it. Hey, you want to say that you want to you witness more people than me? I hope you do. You, brought, you want to bring more people to church than I did? I hope you do. Hey, you want to say that you led all those people to the Lord? I hope you do. It doesn't just go. They're not getting the desired reaction. But Paul says as long as they're witnessing. That's great. Now of course we would like people to preach with pure motives. But if not. The gospel's going out. God will do its own work. Someone said that some, God is so desperate. He'll use anybody. And so. As long as they're not preaching a false gospel. And they're going out. God can do a work. We can trust his work doing out. Now we understand that today there's a lot of false gospel going out. But again, Paul is just encouraged. Fine, help yourself. It doesn't hurt my feelings. If you witness more, if you brought more people to church, wonderful. I hope you do. By the way, I have the same attitude. I'm praying that there's people in here that win more people to the Lord than me. Wonderful. I hope that you're a person that ends up bringing more people to church than I do. Great! We just want to hear the gospel. It's not a contest. We just want to see everyone get saved. Sometimes people get that away. They say, listen, I'm just going to go pass out a thousand tracts and I'll show him. Great! I hope you do! Just They had the wrong motive, but again he's in there. Look, the gospel's going out even more because I'm in prison. So what if their motive's not right? The gospel's going out. Great. Let it work. You know, there's something about a crowd that if it's not done my way, it's not right. And that's what they thought of Paul. He didn't do it the way that I think it should be done. Okay, you do it your way. Just get the gospel out. You know, we understand that the message cannot change. And the method cannot change, but the means may. What do I mean by method? Well, the message is Jesus Christ, that he died, was buried, and that he rose again for the forgiveness of sins. The method cannot change, meaning that people must be confronted that they are a sinner, and because of their sin that they've offended a holy, righteous God. That can't change. That has to be done. People have to be confronted with the fact. Otherwise, it's not the gospel. But the means may change. Someone may talk to people door to door. Some may pass out 
a gospel track. Some may use the radio. Some may use the internet. And praise the Lord. We need the gospel out. As long as it is the gospel of Jesus Christ. According to what the Bible said. Not some made up thing in their mind. But the means may change. Praise the Lord. I knew someone uh, right at the beginning of the second Gulf War. That they, um, this team jumped across borders from Syria to Jordan to Iraq. And they went into Iraq and they put up in the middle of the desert a radio transmitting tower. And went back and transmitted the gospel in Arabic in the middle of the desert all throughout that region. Amen! Praise the Lord. It was preaching the gospel. That's great. They risked their lives. They risked a whole bunch to go out there. I know a preacher who specifically witnessed to Saddam Hussein's sons and gave the gospel to them. Now, again, that was a long time ago, but they had the gospel witness. Can you imagine? Praise the Lord. Opportunities arise. Many of our folks here, if you could again forgive the personal illustration, one of the reasons why I'm a chaplain is to try to reach some of these officers who would never hear the gospel witness and usually don't have Sunday nights to go to a church, but to be able to influence them. I'm doing this because it's an unusual way. We want to get the gospel out and we can trust God to do stuff. Sometimes it may be a hospital visit and while you're in the hospital and you don't feel well, there happens to be a nurse that desperately searching for God. And you'd be able to witness. And pass out a tract to her. And she accept Christ as her savior. Then you get your gallbladder out. Was that a good thing? Absolutely. Yeah. This is why we understand the principle of the treasures of darkness. That sometimes the worst things that happen to us. Could turn to be the greatest things that happen to us. Because it draws us close to the Lord Jesus Christ. So here's Paul in prison. Roman guard chained to him. And he writes a book of joy. I'm rejoicing. This is wonderful. In fact, notice with me, if you don't mind, in um, verse number 17. He says, but the other of love, knowing that I am set for the defense of the gospel. This carries the idea that he was going to continue. He was letting them know, I'm going to continue to preach the gospel. Verse 18, what then? Notwithstanding every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is preached. And I therein do rejoice, yea, and will rejoice. Paul says, I'm in prison, but I'm not grumpy about it. I understand the gospel's going out. That I get a witness to people I've never would have had the opportunity to witness to. Even people inside of Caesar's household. Hey, because I'm in here, others are bold to go witness. I'm rejoicing. And there's some numbskulls that are out there passing out tracts because they want to pass out more than me. Great. Wonderful. That it's a good thing that I'm in prison. For the furtherance of the gospel. That God knows what he's doing. So be careful with the attitude and the spirit. Because we know that God is always good and God is always right. You go outside and find your tire. It's all flat. Stupid tire. Why God? Why? Well it could be happened that the tow truck driver that comes. Happens to need a track. I run out of milk. Why do I have to go to the store and go to Walmart on a Saturday afternoon? Well it could be the person that's checkout teller. Happens to need the gospel. And needs a track. 
All these things are done for the furtherance of the gospel. By the way, when you come to the place where you say, God, I'm set. I'm determined that wherever I'm at, I'm going to pass out a track. I'm going to witness. You will watch God do even more in your life to disrupt, to give you divine appointments. Appointments that you would have never scheduled yourself, but put you in that path on purpose to go witness to. Understanding that God could direct you wherever he wants. All for the furtherance of the gospel. It helps us when things happen. As Christians, we don't have to lose our minds when sickness comes. We don't have to lose everything about us and lose our attitude and spirit when a disruption hits. These things have come for the furtherance of the gospel. God is that good. He is able to do things to disrupt us and disrupt our lives so that way more people can be reached. If we are already determined that no matter where we go and what we do, we're going to be witnessing. So what do we do this practically? It's good to think about this theologically, but practically, are you prepared to witness for the gospel? What do I mean by this? Do you have gospel tracks on you when you go out? If Gentlemen, you know why you have that pocket right here? It's not for cigarettes. It's for tracks. Ladies, you know why you have that Mary Poppins purse that has ladders and trash cans and stuff? So you could put lots of tracks in there and a Bible. So that way you could witness to people wherever you're at, whenever you're at. Get in the habit of wherever you go. We had challenged people years ago uh, that w when you go to the bathroom, you're traveling, going across the country, you stop by whatever fake quick trip that some other state may have, you go to the restroom, wash your hands, you see the mirror, put a track there. Someone's got to read it. Someone's got to. We even knew a lady once that when she would go to Walmart, she would take out a box of cereal and replace it with a track. I know someone that when he goes to the doctor, He's timid, but what he does is he, he takes a track and he puts it inside of the magazine. So when they open the magazines, tracks fall out. I mean, it's a start. Are you prepared for God to sit? There's nothing like God putting you somewhere. You know you're supposed to witness. And I don't have a track. What I'm trying to do is, are you prepared? Do you believe this is true? Do you believe that God does things in your life for the furtherance of the gospel? Then it should be practically seen by you're ready. Are you prepared? Do you have a track to give out? Are you ready to witness to someone? If you sit in the doctor's office and the lady beside you is crying and just weeping, are you ready to at least give her a track and say, I know a pastor who could pray with you. I could pray with you. Let me show you God's love that God put me here for the purpose at the same time as you to witness to you. God does things like this all the time. Are you prepared? If you believe this is true, it will be carried out that you're prepared. If nothing else, have a gospel track. Nothing else, be ready to witness. Looking for those opportunities. Why did God direct me here? For the furtherance of the gospel. Why did God bring me here? I'm preparing a special meal. And Walmart doesn't have it for some reason. So I got to go to pick and save. Why? Well... Could be that there's someone there that needs a track. 
if you start looking with spiritual eyes and start seeing everything in your life is moved for the purpose to put you at the right place at the right time, you start to get excited. And you start to see that God is moving you to reach more people. And by the way, if we're all spiritually alert, we'll see lots of people coming to church. Because we're prepared. We're looking, we're anticipating for the ideas to witness wherever we have the opportunity. All of this is done unto the furtherance of the gospel. God is always good and God is always right. God knows what he's doing. And so again, what do we do? Well, it's one thing to believe it. It's another thing to act on it. If you believe this message is true, then the thing that you need to start off with is say, God, help me to be spiritually aware, to understand that wherever you place me, it's for the purpose of witnessing. And because I believe that, help me to always have a track. Help me to have something available that I could give in someone's hand to witness. Whether it's a John and Romans, whether it's a track, whether it's something. So I could use every opportunity, looking for every opportunity. to Seeing that God has put me in this place at this time for the furtherance of the gospel. Are you ready? Are you prepared? Are you at least surrendered to look for those things. Thank you for listening to this audio message. This is Pastor Scotty Bockhaus, and I encourage you to take this information that you just received and make a specific decision to follow after the Lord. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, let me beg you to take the time to receive Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. If you are saved, I encourage you to make a decision in your life to help you get closer with the Lord. If there's anything specific we can do to be a blessing or to pray for you, we encourage you. Look us up on the internet at riverviewbc.com. Once again, that's riverviewbc.com. Or if you would prefer to call us, you can give us a call at area code 920 Five three zero six three oh eight. Once again, that number is nine two zero five three zero six three oh eight. If there's anything we can do to be a blessing or an encouragement to you, please let us know. We would love to make ourselves available. Thank you.